0: Kjams 105.3, sitting there pretty with me, your favorite radio reverend, preach easy in the morning, and that was my favorite time in the morning. Time to go ahead and dive on into the word. But before we dive on in and get on going, let's go ahead and clear up the space for the Lord to move and groove through us. So let's grab those problems, those issues, those situations we've been carrying for the past week, the past month, for however long we've been carrying, and let's just give them on over to God. Let's breathe them on out together. So gather up all those problems, those issues, those challenges. And let's just exhale on three. Three, two, one. And now that we emptied all that out, let's go ahead and gather up the blessings, the goodness, the hopes, and the promises that God has for us in the next week, the next couple months. For Lord, if you're willing, we'll take it in the next hour, next 30 minutes. Lord, we'll take it in the next 30 seconds. Let's just breathe in everything that the Lord has coming for us and through us. Let's breathe it on in now. Just And now that we've gone ahead and cleared the space, allow me to reintroduce myself. They call me preach easy, not because I'm easy on the eyes, but because I believe the gospel should be easy like your Sunday morning. Now that's not saying here we're not going to dive into those nitty gritty tough conversations, you know, answering the questions that, you know, you may ask yourself in the middle of the night. Like, who am I? What is my purpose? Why did God make me? Well, I believe all the answers to that are pretty easy because they start with you. But see, the journey. The journey, get in there. That's what's difficult and that's what t- what's tough. But that's what I'm here for as your favorite radio reverend, as the most poppin' podcast pope. Oh, yes. I'm on all streaming platforms. That means all you have to do is wherever you get your podcast, wherever you get your music, you just go ahead and you type in Preach Easy. It's just as simple. You just type in P-R-E-A-C-H. Put a little space in between. E-dot-Z. It's just that easy. And you go ahead and you're going to want to follow Because today we are talking about the most elusive, the most structured, the most mysterious word that yet still pulls on our heartstrings and causes many to, well, fall in love. See, today we are talking about love, but not just any type of love. We are talking about the act of love. Now, it doesn't matter where you are in your stage in life, whether you're surrounded by loved ones with your significant other, or you're just sitting there in the middle of high school or college and you got a little crush going on. But see, love goes so much deeper than that. No matter who you are or where you are, you are affected and influenced about what it means to find love. And for many, we have difficulties when it comes to love because not only is love constantly influenced and changed and presented, but it is also constantly on the decline. There are so many out there that believe that love is dying, but I believe the issue that causes with love is this general confusion that we have around the word. Now for many we can't agree about what love may look like, but oftentimes we can find some agreement on what love definitely is not. When we see those instances we say, oh no no no, that's not love. Now while those in those instances may be of violence or of pain or of sins or of to see love is many things, and that's the issues and the problems. But the thing love is not, love is not a sin. Love should not cause you to chata, to miss your mark. That's the original Hebrew word for sin, To that C-H-A-T-A, missing the mark as if you were shooting a basketball and just simply missing the goal. But when love causes you to continuously miss the mark, well, then you can't call it love. There are opponents and arguments who go out there and they say, well, love simply can't be defined because it looks so different to so many people. But yet if love can't be defined, then how can we most commonly agree agree when it isn't love, when it's abuse or when it's use? or when it's coercion, or when it's simply just toxic. See, if we can agree on the definitions that aren't love, then it means we are one step closer to figuring out what love is. And today, my argument, today, my sermon, today, my hope, is that we can all accept and understand that love is a verb. Love is a verb. Simply because it has to be. If you grew up in the church, then you've probably heard the verse of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. All of the chapter is accused and talks about love. If you've ever ever been to a wedding, maybe you weren't that studious in your Sunday school, but maybe you've been to a wedding or two and you've heard this verse spoken over by the pastor over the two newlyweds. It'll say something oftentimes like this. In verse 4, it says, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always preserves. Love never fails. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Love is a lot of things. Even in the classical verse, it says love is this, love is that. There's some agreement on what it isn't, but there's so much of what it is. And for love to be all of these things, it must be a verb. Bell Hooks presents it as this. If you're not familiar, Bell Hooks is a prominent author and feminist thinker, especially one of the biggest pushers for how I understand and how many in the black community have evolved to understand love. She simply places it as this in her book, All About Love. Love is an act of will. Of both intention and an action. I'll say it one more time. Love is an act of will. Of both intention and in action, love is a verb. A verb is versatile, and that's why love must be a verb. See, because a noun is just too proper. If you call a noun out, its name, it won't respond to you. A cat will not be a dog, and a house will not be a street. A proper noun is just too proper for you. See, an adjective is just too restrictive. A preposition is just too compound, but only a verb is versatile enough to encompass all that love is. See, if love is a verb, the beauty about a verb is that it works in all conditions. Love in order to be all these things as described in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. For love to be kind, for love to not envy, for love to not be self-seeking, for love to do all these things, it must be a verb. It must be able to in all conditions the same way that a verb does. And to show you and to make it plain, if love is a verb, it would be equivalent to the verb running. See, running can happen in any condition. You can run above as you can run below you can run now as you can run later you can run in paris and you can run in new york but see those were prepositions and nouns see because above cannot be below now cannot be later paris cannot be atlanta but see love can be all these things because love is a verb and love works in all conditions see you can love above as you can love below you can love now and tell me you can love later. You can love in Paris and you can love in Atlanta. Love works in all conditions the very same way that a verb is versatile. The very same way that you can run above and below is the very same way that love can work in every situation, in every condition, in everything that you've been and seen. See, you may see that I'm I'm, I'm the condition, I'm the qualification that disqualifies me for love. But what you're missing is that verbs work in every condition and every qualification there's not a qualification or condition that has existed that means you don't deserve love cuz love is simply an action God is love the reason love must be versatile the reason v- love must be a verb is because God is love and first John Chapter 4, verse 16, it simply says, and makes it clear, it says clearly God is love. And love is a verb it is an act of will of both intention and action it's not just hoping for good things but it's acting on those good things it's saying and sacrificing it goes on to say that in the prior verses in Corinthians it talks about how man and woman should lay down their own concerns for one another it's the hope and the desire that everything and everyone around you the one that you say you love you would push to be better That is a constant, everyday action. And if God is love, then that means God is constantly acting in and through love for and through you. You may have felt or told yourself, we may have said, I don't deserve this love. I don't deserve X. I don't deserve Y. You know what? From any other perspective, from any other conditions, you may not be able to. See, when it comes to verbs, there's a strong definition. You know when you're running and when you're jogging and the same way goes for when your coach sees it. Maybe back in practice, you think about it whenever you were running, you decided to take a little break and you was just, you know, doing the little fake jog and your coach looks and says, that's not real running. You knew it wasn't real running. You was jogging even in your own head. There's a clear definition for what is and what isn't. And let me tell you, love has the definitions and constantly goes through. And love's definition means that it constantly must be acted upon. Nouns are too proper. Adjectives are too possessive. Prepositions are too compound. But love, love fits just right. Love is a versatile verb. Sure, some verbs have the ends of their definitions and so does love, but let me tell you, the end of love's definition is when you start hitting sins, when you start hitting chatters, when you start missing the mark because you say, oh, I love this person. You don't love this person. You're jealous. You're envious. You're lustful. You're prideful. You're gluttonous. Whatever the case may be. But if you're causing yourself to sin and to fall short, let me tell you, it's not love. Love is kind. It doesn't envy does not boast. Oh, it's not proud and it does not dishonor others. The reason that this verse in Corinthians is so powerful and so impactful, why Paul the disciple, the author of this chapter, of this verse, specifically wrote love to the church of Corinth was because historically the church of Corinth had a temple to the goddess Aphrodite. If you don't know, Corinth is in Greece, and so they worship the Greek pantheon, and Aphrodite, if you don't know, is translated later on into the Romans as uh, uh, Venus. But originally, she is the goddess of love, but her love don't work like this. See, the love that she presented was a transactional love. And this isn't an attack on people who work sex as a lifestyle, but this is an understanding that even them, if you ask them, those who are sex workers or those who, you know, get paid for using their bodies, power to them, in the sense of if you ask them, they don't see what they're doing as an action of love. That original temple, the reason that Paul had to write over to the Church of Corinth was because they were working off of the wrong concept of love. Here they were boasting and saying, we had the temple from the goddess of love, but yet they weren't acting out love. Love for them was a noun, was a transaction. It was a business agreement. There was no love in those actions. There were no actions to be behold. And so Corinth needed and deserved this the same way how you do. Many people would spit on the church of Corinth. Many people would downplay the women who want to know and experience love despite the fact that their business and despite the fact that the way that they exist and have to make money is something that most would scoff at. God still says you're deserving of love because love is an action, because it's a verb, and because verbs are so versatile and because God is love, God is able to love in all conditions and all qualifications. You can't disqualify yourself because the only qualifications of being worth saving is being created. If you're here to even question or wonder if I'm worth saving, then let me tell you, you are. Because you're right here. Because you're listening. Because you exist. Your existence has potential. Your potential is here. Love is a verb. It's so versatile that it works in every condition, every qualification. And that's perfect because love is God. So every time we act out on love, we act out in divinity. Every time that divinity is placed upon us, it is a cloak of love. So go out and act in divinity. No more thinking about it. No more just intentions without actions. No actions without intentions. Let's combine the two because love, as Hook says, as God presents, love is an act of will of both intention and action. You may be sitting there saying, it's not that easy, easy. The answer is, the journey is. The answer is love is a verb, it's an action. Actions you don't have to get right. You may not be running correctly. You may not be playing correctly. You may not be driving correctly, but yet you're still doing it. You're still attempting. In order to perfect a verb, we have to keep trying. Even an imperfect verb is still a verb. Even badly running is still running. Even a misstep is still a step, but see, a destroyed house ain't a house. If it were a noun, it'd be too proper. An adjective too possessive, a pronoun too compound, but as a verb, it fits just right. Versatile enough for us to work around, to make mistakes, but to still try and try again. And that is why love is divinity. Love is God, and you are worth loving. This is your favorite Radio Reverend Preach Easy, praying for you till you hear from me again. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, follow, do all those things. If you appreciated any part of this, go ahead and drop a like and share it to a friend, just let them know that you love them and you taking the actions to do it. It's favorite Radio Reverend signing off.